On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. If I don't hear silence, I'm going to start punching dicks. This is Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer-fueled sports show. We're not here to take part. We're here to take over. From the TCA studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. If we had to take this young soy, it's all young soy. We don't give a baller. Here's your host. Whatever this is we're doing, we're drinking beer and talking sports. Rob Christie and Matt Robinson. Time to get into it for another week. This is episode 910 of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. As the good lady said, he's Rob, I'm Matt. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Hit follow, hit subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Uh, we're not going to wait too much, uh, waste too much time here, man, because my beer's been sitting here defoaming as we've been yammering away like, uh, like something uh, before we turn on the microphones. <laughs> It's uh, let's get right into the beers because I don't want to wait too much longer. What do you got over there? Oh, you start. All right, yours is already cracked. And yeah, it's poured, you... it's cracked. And the things that uh, that we do here for you people—that's why you need to be following along on uh, at Tall Can Audio on Instagram. This is uh, part of the calendar, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Uh, Andy Nita was here on episode nine hundred six to talk about this year's uh, edition of the uh, Ontario Craft Beer Advent Calendar. So this is from the Broadhead Brewing Company, Nuts and Bolts. They're calling it uh, a brown ale, which uh, was disputed briefly as we were trying to uh, to get the QR code <laughs> thing to work, which we uh, will discuss here in a second. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I've never had this one before. I've had Broadhead plenty of times, um, both in beer and uh, personal forms. But, you know, this is uh, supposed to be their brown. I got to be honest, I've sort of been hit and miss with these guys over the years. Like, I, I don't know what you think of them. I, I used to visit far more often when they were like four or five blocks south of here, just on the other side of Hunt Club. But I think they've moved out to like Orleans now or something. It's far. This is far. But it luckily, Orleans, yep. yeah, they're in the LCBO. So you still find some, uh, some their stout's pretty good. I actually really like their amber. Um, but the rest of it, I'm sort of, eh, you know, hit and miss. So this is the first time I've ever tried this is the Nuts and Bolts Brown Ale. Uh, that's what I'm riding with today as part of the, uh, the advent calendar. Did they not also, I think they did the, um, did they not do the downtown Brown? Was that not, or the, no, that was either Wellington or. Where, where'd you bring on, on Hall of Fame weekend, where'd you bring those growlers from? That was Broadhead. No, that was Mill Street. We had, uh, I rolled down to their, their brewery. Uh, okay. And that was a stout, the cobblestone stout, I believe was, that was maybe our, the first time we had tried that. 
Um, it was yeah, a stout anyway. Yeah, not well. There was a couple. There was two different ones. I remember. Anyways, mm. we they were w- definitely out of Mill Street. Okay, but they were old school two liter growlers. Yeah, which, no, nothing fancy about them. Just like handwritten hand- on the cap. So you've taken Heavy a hold of that. Fuck to, yeah, well, you to, carried them all. I know. All they were supposed to, to be a gift, uh, a surprise <laughs> or whatever. You get there and the, holy Christ. Yeah, no, no good. Uh, I'm going to take a pull on this. Will you tell so us what you got that, going on? That, well, that was, well, first of all, that was a beauty was we ended up drinking those before the ceremony. So it was. Uh, Speeches were great. Yeah, honestly, there was probably three <laughs> liters of beer consumed before. Well, we couldn't get into the rooms when we got there. So we're also down in the bar before we got to the. That for sure was Wellington. Where I was drinking the uh, the stout from Wellington at the at the bar in the, the in bar, the hotel. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, that it, was before we got to the uh, the growlers. <laughs> yeah, a good day. It. Yeah. So I, I show up at at the at the ceremony and I got I'm trying to shave in a hurry and I've cut myself and you know yeah. And then the good gov took us out for uh, for beers afterwards. Finn McCool's. I remember that. That's place. right. Yeah. yeah look yeah, at that. Okay. Good memory on good pull, man. Before going any further, should also take a moment to mention a good friend of the show, AJ Jackiebeck, will be back on the podcast later this week uh, as we sit here recording right now. The Eastern and Western finals are going on in the uh, CFL. We got the Argonauts with a lead right now on uh, on the Tiger Cats. We'll see what happens later on there, and of course later on in the Western final, the Rough Riders taking on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, so that'll be a good one for sure. The Blue Bombers kind of in the class of the league for the most part this season. Uh, all of that to set up next Sunday's Grey Cup. And uh, nobody better to talk to about that than our buddy and uh, certainly the voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks, uh, our CFL source all the time. AJ Jackiebeck will be back on the podcast later this week. So stick around for that. We'll talk some football. Okay, so have you had a go? Got to go with that yet? Yeah, or I like it, man. It's a, it's exactly what you'd expect out of a brown. There's nothing too splashy about it. Nothing too. They said it was going to be kind of. I think there's dried fruit flavor to it. I'm not getting much of that, but uh, everything else you'd expect out of a brown is pretty much right here. Well, and when they hit you with the the tasting notes of um, dried fruit, roasted nuts, mm-hmm. and um, caramel, and you're like, ah, it seems like just about every. It's a brown, all right. Yeah, you're, the only thing you're missing there is a little malty. Yeah, with a little malty. Right. Supposed to have a mild bitter finish. Uh, that's right. Which we decided was not fitting you know, to this podcast. <laughs> exactly. There's <laughs> a hard bitter over the top <laughs> bitterness to this one, man. So, um, yeah. You keep dodging the question, man. What do you got going on? Ah, oh, sorry, man. I also my second half. I'm. I figured I would back the show with with that fine nuts and bolts. So I have a calendar as well for so sure, and I'm enjoying it. Um. Friend of the show, father of the year, and uh, minor hockey volunteer extraordinaire, Stevie Gervais, passed me along a beer. This is the Red Rocket from Beyond the Pale, which is a winter ale coming in at 7%. Nice. So this is so Beyond the Pale. This is, it's got something to do with the toy drive. Every, every can bought 25 cents goes to Toy Mountain or right. something along those lines, but... Um, as per usual, he cautioned me to um, go easy because he's always concerned about my consumption. And, <laughs> and a good guy. And whether I can can handle a seven percent beer you or can not. Hang with him? Is that the? Uh, yeah, that's really what it is. Okay. Which which makes it's us all. It's kind of that soft flex almost. Right? Yeah. Like well, if you if you knew Stephen. Okay. It's a soft flex. Okay. <laughs> right on. Um, so this, as we sit here and record, is day five of the uh, the calendar. I got to tell you. Four out of five so far, I've really enjoyed. 
I didn't try day one. And look, there's nothing. I, I assume it's good. It's from Nita. I, I, I got to tell you, though, and uh, Andy's good with honesty. He's got no problem with that. Good. I don't know why you're kicking off a winter advent calendar with a sour. I just, I don't get the the approach there. Since then, we've had uh, a Pilsner, a German Pilsner. There's a brown today, and uh, I forget what the one I'm missing. There was a Honey Pale Ale. That's right, and I enjoyed that one as well. That from was from Kitchissippi. Yeah. yeah. Look, I, I really like most of what Nita does. I just kind of look at it and go, I don't know why you're starting off. And I, I think we have this discussion almost every year that is this supposed to be seasonal or is this just supposed to be everybody throwing out what they think is their best stuff? Yeah. What have you thought of it thus far? Well, and, and I'm glad Andy's good with uh, honesty because I love- <laughs> It's about to get honest. Because <laughs> I love the cherry pie he does, the cherry pie, the cherry sour. Yeah. That was excellent. That may be my favorite sour of all time. So this isn't a Nita issue. No. I found this, whether it was- Limey two or whatever it was called. Jimmy two or something like that. Yeah. It, to me, it, it was like a really flat lime crush, but with like a shot of yeast, right? It was <laughs> not infection, no, 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 but no, no. just yeasty flat lime crush. Right. I, I did not love it in terms of, um, yeah, and I'm not sour. even like for me, I'm not even speaking to the beer. I'm <laughs> well, just speaking I'm, to the concept, right? The time you leave, yeah, yeah, tried it and yeah, you, yeah. You, Sorry. And I was speaking yes, to the beer itself yeah. and, and the concept as well. I, I like a, but you and I both like the brown is getting closer, right? Yep. That, that we both like that. Yeah. So, um, now to me, what, what Andy's cobbled together this year and cobbled together makes it sound like it's spur of the moment yeah. flying by, but November there, 29th trying to find proofs yeah, to There on. are. To me, it's a kick up in, in the, in the quality of the breweries this yeah, year. Yep. To me, there are no, there are no lightweights. Sorry for those of you who've been left out this year, <laughs> but it's been a kick up. And so to me, everything has been good. As you said, the grain and grit, the Kitchissippi, the uh, Rorschach. All of I, them. Two, I, like I said, a Pilsner, a German Pilsner and a maple or a honey. Uh, yeah. Uh, honey pale. And then this one that I'm sipping on here right now, it's good. Yeah. Right. And so to me, the quality of the beers, yeah. and, and so my, my brother Scott's doing a calendar, brother-in-law's doing the calendar. And so we're all, we're all sort of, you know, checking in. Yeah. And, and the, the common, the common thread here is, yeah, it's not bad. Right. So even if it's the beers that you don't, I'm not, I don't love a, a pale ale or it's not my go-to. Yeah. You're like. This is a good one at least. It's, yeah. I yeah. drink this. Yeah. Right. My, my brother. So. Where he's, he's left me a message and he's like, Hey, I'm drinking this Rorschach. And he's like, that's a fucking good, easy drinking beer. Right. He's like, I could drink more of this. And he's like, Rorschach. Oh, Tor- I can. It's around the corner. Toronto, Ontario. <laughs> yeah. I live there. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, but fucking Toronto, you have to wait in line for everything he said. So I probably can't get it. <laughs> but I've had that normal pathy before. So. Yeah. That's, um. Rorschach as well. One of yep. our buddy, uh, Matty Lang, uh, he's always recommending stuff out of that brewery. So, uh, th- that was a nice beer as well. Like you said, now, I got the same thing going on a, a group chat with, uh, with the Robinson men who are enjoying this one. And, uh, the men of Robinson. Yeah. Throwing it out, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Throwing it up. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> Would be, uh, not speaking well to the calendar, but honestly off to a pretty good start, man. Like I, I, I and this is what I said. Yeah. It, if it's not going to be something you love. Keep it middle of the road and keep it good, decent. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'll take pretty good over. There was a couple last year, which were shite. There you go. And so, I, you know what? 
five days in, although I haven't had today's yet, right. I'm taking your good word, mm-hmm. I have not had anything. This year, this winter, this winter ale yeah. from uh, Beyond the Pale, it's a little, um, it's a little, it's a little boozy for seven. Right. Right. I'm, I'm getting it a bit, but um, yeah, it's probably going to fire up the second half of the show, really, to be honest with you. It's not bad. It's not something I would buy if okay. that, if that tells you what you need to know. But if you're looking at getting an evening going, you want to fire a little vodka and Red Bull, this is kind of what this tastes like. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I tried uh, pretty recently the, um, I've been looking for it for a while, the Dark and Picante from Beyond the Pale. Dark and Picante? Yeah, and it comes in, it's, uh, I think it was at like 12.9% or something. Oof. Again, yeah, hefty. Yes. Right, or, uh, but it, again, also in like one of the big boy bottles too, like there's a quart to like it, oh. it's coming at you, right? It, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty coming tasty, but it's got a little booziness to it. So, uh, yeah. hey, Hoff didn't bring that over here, did he? No, that, that was. sounds so, like a Hoff beer though. Yeah. Gotta love that Hoff. <laughs> uh, he was one of those guys. We'll get to the Ottawa Senators in a little while, but there's a few guys that I follow and no different than any other sports fan, if I'm being honest. Like every fan base has its rational and reasonable fans and everybody has their over the top. There was something going on last night. I don't know what it was, man. And and like I said, we'll touch on the Senators a little bit later. But uh, I think there was 14,000 people in the building. Just shy of 15, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's not a bad turnout uh, for the Senators. But a bunch of people that I follow on Twitter all seem to have chosen last night as a good night to return to the rink for the first yeah. time in, uh, in quite a while. So. Well, it's funny cause you could hear at the anthem, I'm like, what is that murmur in the, in the background? Hey. There's, it sounds like there's people in that, <laughs> in that building. Right. And again, if, if it's only five extra thousand, like over your eight or nine, whatever, yeah. it was noticeable. And I thought, okay, man, there must be a lot of avalanche fans. Cause <laughs> the, well, the, the previous high was the Leafs, which is a given on, on, on the home sure. opener. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks ago, the Penguins. Well, and even Which without brings the Leafs, its own the home crowd. opener also brings its own. That's crowd. what I'm saying. But yeah, 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 yeah. And so, but the Leafs as a, as the opener, it's, yeah. it's a no brainer, right? You're bringing in your own, you know, extra. So to me, it's the big crowds are, you know, where you have people who are casual fans, yeah. are Avs fans, right, or they're Penguin fans, sure. or maybe in the past Nate it would have been a Blackhawks. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. So yeah, it was a it was a there was a good buzz in the crowd, and mostly Senators fans. It did seem that way, yeah. So uh, we'll touch on them a little bit later on, mainly because we've, we've, we've touched them a lot lately. So we're going to save that for a little bit. As we sit here right now, the second half of the Eastern Final in the CFL is going on. Um, actually also looked like a pretty good crowd down at BMO, although I will say it did look to Pro be Hamilton? more than half yes. Hamilton. A lot of black and gold in there. Um, so maybe not particularly surprising, but at least good to see you know, a, a nice crowd down there at BMO, especially as we've crept into December. Uh, anyone who's ever been to a TFC game or whatever, coming off the lake like that, it's, it is cold. So as we sit here right now, we're not going to talk much about the results of the game because by the time we're done, you'll already know uh, uh, what's played out there. At halftime, though, it was 12 nothing Toronto. Um, there was some news, and I think you and I are going to have more of a a conversation about the principle of the thing more than the result of the thing. Again, because the game's going to be done by the time everything plays it. But late last week, uh, the Argonauts asked McLeod Bethel Thompson and a few teammates to go down to 
I was going to say the Air Canada Centre, but everybody knows what I mean. Scotiabank. Yeah. And watch the Toronto Raptors do an interview or two, help promote the fact that the uh, the Argos are hosting the East Final. All of this is now under the MLSE banner. So off they went. No problem. The team's instructed you to go. And then you wake up Friday morning like, oh, by the way, it's a pretty brutal violation of CFL protocols. You don't go to big public events like this. And I, I saw a pile of people lashing out at the league. And we can have the conversation about whether the protocols make sense or not. But they've been in place all year. All year. And the team sent their starting quarterback in violation of those protocols. If you're mad at any... Look, I also have a little bit of time, but not really for criticism of McLeod Bethel Thompson. Like... I don't have much for that. He could have said, hey, isn't... What, but once your team is telling you, no, you're good to go, yeah, then I'm good to go. So off they go to the Argos game. Raptors. Yep. And, uh, yeah, do the, the TV spot. Hey, hey, we're here. You should also come and see us. And apparently, it, it didn't start to make the news till Friday morning, but I've read a couple articles that said... This was starting to bubble up and boil up around MLSE on Thursday. Like literally as soon as one of the producers at the arena put him on screen, they went, hey, isn't like, that's ah, probably fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? So all of this, and I'll, I'll hand it to you here in a second. I just want to make sure I've fully set the table. It falls on the team. They sent the guy over there on Friday morning. The league says you can't play. The protocols say you went to a public event, four day quarantine um, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, the East Finals Sunday, you shouldn't be able to go. Uh, they come out later in the day and say, if you test negative for the rest of the weekend and stay quarantined away from everybody else, we will let you play on Sunday. So they are throwing their own protocols out the window. Man, it's a mess. Um, when you saw that on Friday, when you saw how the league handled it, what'd you think of the whole thing? Knew he was going to play today. Yeah. Knew it on Friday when I heard it. Um, and to me, it's a bad look on the CFL. Uh, not the four day self quarantining and all that sort of stuff, which is what they had been doing for five months. Yep. That, that is whether you disagree or agree with the league on that, mm -hmm. that's not the point. There's been a bunch of guys who've had to do that. On all teams, yeah. All teams. Yep. Everybody has observed that for the entire year. Yep. And for the division semifinals or what, like this has happened all the way through. So to me, the league only looks bad when they cave on this and go two days self-quarantine and then you have to pass a couple of tests and if you all do, you're good to go. Because it was five other players, I think. Yes. So but none of them as consequential for sure. As you're starting for sure. But you're removing five guys from your roster, five starters only. No, they weren't all starters. It was only two of the three. That then I'm starters. not sending them. I'm not sending yeah, them. Why do you Yeah, exactly. Do why do you get a free ticket to a Raptors <laughs> game? Guys on kick returns. <laughs> um, but it, it comes down to, yeah, the league looks bad on that regard that you've caved. You went like, oh, well, and, and this is really the circumstances of, like everybody knows, I was doing some research for another topic on this show. And when you talk about MLSE, they talk about the Leafs, the Raptors, you know, TFC. Yeah. Raptors 905. <laughs> they do not ever 
ever mention that there are so also the Argos are in the fold. Right. And so for this ignored redheaded stepchild that you have, right, it's super hilarious slash ironic that you go, hey, he fucked them. Maybe we should maybe we should bring them out and give them a little pub. Right. And you go, oh wait, we've hooped them yep. at the most oh, crucial well. time of the year. Yeah. And you're like, ah, that can't really be a thing, is it? Yeah. What do you think? Uh so on Friday evening on Overdrive, TSN ten fifty, look, and this is the other part of the problem, is that MLSE is owned by the two yeah. sports networks that are going to have to report on this. So Pinball Clemens, everybody loves Pinball. Nobody's got a bad thing to say about Pinball. He's GM of the Argos. We're going to put him on TSN radio. So the guy, you know, on a radio station owned by us, the team owned by us, uh, we're sending him out there. And he says, this is entirely on me. Mm. Do you think there's a part of me that goes, maybe, like, well, you are the GM. Yep. Now, at the same time, head coach of the Argos said on Friday, I had no idea any of this was happening. That's not a good look either, right? That you don't know what your quarterback's doing the week of the East Final. Um, How much of this, you wonder, in an organization as big as MLSE, you just go, by the way, we need you for a PR event on Thursday, and you don't think anything of it, and off you go. Yeah. I wonder, like, ultimately, even if he doesn't know the specifics, ultimately pinball is responsible yep. for what happens in his organization. Yep. But I've just given it to you. If you look at MLSE as a myth, yeah. you have TFC and the Raptors and the Leafs and everything. They're, they're one of the fingers. The rock. The Argos the are Marlies. clearly the thumb in yes. this mitt, right? Yes. You're like, hey, what's happening out there with the thumb? Oh, right. he's cold. He's on his own. Yeah. We don't know really what's happening. Yeah, I agree. The GM should be aware. But this is a big corporate entity yep. that has clearly gone down and went, hey, you, the law firm of McLeod, Bethel, and, and Thompson, Thompson. <laughs> you come to, and you're going to do this little thing on the screen. You're like, what? And yeah, I, I see how this could go astray. I, I believe, and to me, that's pinball doing the right thing. Oh yeah. It's his job also to fall on the grenade. Right? Well, and, and it's it's not only that, it's, you know... That it's going to end up being like uh, one of those little sort of spring snakes that come out of one of those brittle jars. Because <laughs> it's because it's pinball, right? Yeah. Everything is like nerfs and it's... Yeah, if just, it does turn out it's his fault, we forgive you Monday. This right? is it. We love you, man. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's one of those, you know, toques for you. Get, get, get yeah. going. Um, smiley face. He's a William and Mary grad. You know, like, what? Well, it's... Yeah. It's, it's sunshine. Sunshine, lollipops. You know, that's pinballs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I 100% agree with you, obviously, that he broke protocol. That doesn't make for a good podcast. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm about to disagree. Give me some. Okay, there you go. Or at least take it in a different direction. I agree with you that, um, you know, they broke protocol and it looks terrible. Does it look as bad if on the Monday... Or last Monday, or three Mondays ago, or four Mondays ago, can you shift gears mid-season and go, hey, when we started up this year, almost no one was vaccinated. Now, most of our guys are vaccinated. And can you shift the rules? You can't retroactively shift the rules like the league did this week. 
But could you have ahead of time said, if you're double vaxxed, you're going to a place that insists, because also at the Raptors game was full of only double vaxxed people, right? To get in there. Yep. Um, could you have made that switch ahead of time or are you stuck with what you locked into in July and August? No, if ifs and buts yeah. were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, I agree with you that we, there's no reason you can't shift gears. You should be mobile. You should be flexible as you go. Candidly, I had one. Va- I had one shot. Yeah, right. But by the August long weekend, right, or some yeah, by it already had two. Right, so I am fully vaccinated by then. So I, I, I firmly believe by Labor Day, you can modify. And, because and, one of the things that happened, and when Ian Mendez was in here uh, in October, it's a good dude. Hashtag victims of Mendez. Uh, we were talking about th- a rule change that the <laughs> league made. He's been taking a rough ride. Well, I know. I, but wow. And everybody turned the hashtag into something like uh, ours was one time Ian came in here um, to do a favor for a podcast he'd never heard of, but he grabbed the one logger I was saving myself out of our Hashtag victims of Mendez. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, when we were in here, they had just announced that during the playoffs, if you had unvaccinated players that would have to fly to to you know to play on the road, they wouldn't be eligible. That was forced upon them by the government, right? Canadian law became you can't fly unless you're double vaccinated. So the the CFL had to go, well, that rule comes into play on December 1st. That's our playoffs. I guess if you're not vaccinated by the playoffs, you can't try here in the east. Hamilton's guys just drive down the road. It's no problem, right? Like they don't have, yeah. so it's a shift in rules, but they don't apply to everybody. And so this is a complicated thing. To me, there's no question the Argos broke the rules this week by sending their guys to some but I have time for the argument that goes, you should be flexible. Right. But do you not think this is an absolutely, we broke the rules yes. because we were completely 100% ignorant of the yeah, rules? Yeah. Uh, th- by MLSC, you mean? Yeah. 100%. 100%. Hundo P. We fucked it. Don't do that. <laughs> you can't get away with that. They fucked up and the league went, oh, we're not doing this during one of the finals. Are you kidding finals, me? Right? Come on, we'll massage just, that. Right. You already got a little peanut league there. Get going. <laughs> as, as you sort of go through it, it's just... Man, I, 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 I do think I have time for the idea that you should be flexible and go, okay, this was a fuck up, but you went to a place that's reasonably safe. I have time for that, but I also have time for Hamilton fans going, fuck you. We've all been pay- playing by yeah, the same rules for, for sure for all season. You fucked up. You lose your quarterback. I just fucked up. I just happens, fucked up. Man. It happens. And I, and I was looking for this morning uh, prior to kickoff, right? I was looking for stuff and, and I, and I was coming across all kinds of stuff, right? Which said two looking days. For stuff. I was coming across stuff. stuff. Yeah. But on this. Yeah. And so, but I was looking for something from the Hamilton perspective. Right. I didn't dig deep enough. It's because they have a couple of prominent yeah. unvaccinated players. Listen, you Hamilton trash. <laughs> shut up. You Hamilton Harbor water <laughs> sipping. So, but I. Got here with I, your 40. But this is what bullshit. I was. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but I want the Nanaimo book. Yeah. No, that's good shit. Because yeah, it washes out the Harbor <laughs> water flavor. That 40 Greek Nanaimo bar was, uh, stuff, was delicious. And you set me up with that last year. Yep. Um, but it, it comes down to, yeah, I'm pissed if, if I'm Hamilton. And it's okay if they have a couple of prominent non-vaccinated guys 
Were those, did those guys will break? Will it be okay in the Grey Cup? If they did they break through? protocol, though? They didn't. No. So that this is what it comes down to. Yep. And so you invite yep. scorn and snickers and ridicule when you do these kinds of things. Are the Argos better off in your mind? Like, Because I also had a conversation with uh, with one of our followers or listeners today who had shared a video of the Argos like pump-up video for today's East East Final. And it was awesome. And that's one of the benefits of being tucked into MLSE, yeah, right? Is that sure. you have this access to this machine that can, but you also are the, as you call it, the redheaded stepchild that goes, ah, fuck, we, we sent your most prominent guy to something that really wasn't going to change almost anything right. and it screwed you. Um, are the, are the Argos better off? wrapped into this MLSE blanket or should they have continued to obviously David Braley for a while owned two teams, right? Yeah. With the Argos and the, the Lions. That wasn't that sustainable, but is anyone else in <laughs> Toronto even interested well, in, and could you do like, this is a bigger conversation. I don't know that we've can, ever had. Can you do the CFL without a Toronto franchise? No. And, and this is, I'm starting to wonder, uh, uh, okay, but it comes down to, the Argos, it's ridiculous that they're gonna they're gonna send Thompson out to to promote this. Yeah. When the reality is, as we said, we've known for a week, Hamilton fans are gonna they're fill gonna the stands. Fill that building. So of all the times to try and promote and pump up, I'm sure a, they would have preferred more blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know, but at this point, you already know, and not like MLSE is is counting on. The couple of shekels that extra yeah, shekels that are going to come in when you average nine thousand fans a game <laughs> that you're going, hey man, as of Saturday, right? We have twenty thousand seats sold. Yeah. Uh, that being said, so it's ridiculous on that front. You're like, wow, it seems late in the game to be making that push when you know you're going to play gonna before sell. your your biggest home crowd this year, anyways. Yeah. yeah. MLSE provides the sort of boil or pimple on the ass. That is the Argos. Right. The the comfort of being mixed in with these billion dollar organizations, mm-hmm. right? That it affords you some financial some guy. financial coverage that you go like, all right, shoulder. your 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 $20 million debt or whatever it is you're gonna do <laughs> is more like charity work, right? It's yeah. like pro bono for a lawyer. It, yeah. to me is what the Argos are for MLSE. Um <laughs> Just doing good civic. This is exactly right. And that's a hundred, over a hundred year old franchise, uh, which. Older than the Leafs. Well, this is, we have, for sure. There's all kinds of history in the CFL. And so that gets lost in all this. And I, and I don't mean to sort of demean that. Um, But the reality is all this talk of the exposure and how exposed the CFL has become in the past 20 months. Mm Mm-hmm of the pandemic in terms of exp- exposing their budgets and whatever else. Well, you and I had this conversation off air a week or so ago. Yeah. You were sort of alarmed by the state of the CFL, right? Or I mean, alarm well, is not the right but word. To but to me, and as I said to you, I think when TSN took the product over big time yeah. from CBC and, and they sort of became the drivers and they were going to do Friday night football and they were, to me, TSN has done such a good job with the product. Yeah. In terms of how they sell it, it's never going to be, you know, the NFL. Right. But, but they, the, the they, broadcast looks big, big time. time. Yes. Yes. And they treat it, the panel is good. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and it's it's treated in a way where you're like, okay, man, that gives me the feel that this is legit and it's big time. And then you s- expose the books, which they have kept from public eyes forever. That was a good call. For sure it was. Because <laughs> then I looked at it and I'm like, oh. Yeah. It feels small time now, man. It's like it's like the little man. The curtain has been pulled back, and the little bald man is pulling the levers for the right. the great and wondrous Oz. Right. It's it's to me it's it's taking a shot, and then through the pandemic, listening to you know good good friend of the show AJ Jackiebeck yeah. and and Rod Peterson talking about a CFL XFL merger, and as soon as you have legit CFL personalities who in the past would have shunned that, given it the Heisman. And, 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 and it's unfair to put words in AJ's mouth because yeah. he could be back on this podcast and we could be having the same conversation and he'd be staring daggers at me <laughs> right now from like <laughs> two feet away. But it makes, it makes the league look like the, 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 the timer is on for his life expectancy. And, and as you say, if you're looking at a league without a Toronto Argonauts, that's because the NFL has come to Toronto and who knows what's happened to Montreal, but you are looking at an Ottawa, Hamilton, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Calgary, Edmonton, maybe Vancouver mixed in with the Idaho bottlenecks or whatever else is yeah, happening see, I, there. I don't see that. I see getting... And well, the, that was the, a stream of consciousness. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the pandemic has obviously put a dent in the plans to get into Halifax. Um, which was on the on the table before all this happened. They were they were looking for a ground to to break and and get going. I wonder with the the attendance that they're getting in Toronto. I've said it a hundred times on the show. I really thought BMO would help. It clearly hasn't. Uh, outdoor fields, all yeah. those sorts of things. Right? Yeah, grass. It's, it's a really nice stadium. Um, maybe. The Dome, despite being a shit place to watch a football game, was more convenient, being right there at Union Station yeah. and all that stuff. I, I don't know. But I thought this would be better, and it hasn't been. The ratings, and it's all relative, right? Like, you're probably talking like 20% of the province of Saskatchewan watches a Rough Riders game. If 2% oh, of I, the city I'd be of Toronto... surprised if it's that low. Right. If 2% of the city of Toronto watches a game, are we talking comparable... Numbers, well, right? It's, like it's the China talk we had last week in the podcast, right? right? About anybody go, hey man, if you have X amount of people, but I, a smaller percentage, of course. But if they're, I just wonder, man, if if you sit there and you sliced the Argos out, I know, like everybody says that Toronto is the hub for all these sponsors, like Scotia Bank or Canadian Tire, or whoever the hell is the uh, it's the name of the fucking band that's on every goddamn. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was doing some math in my head. What, what, what's your question? The Friday night or Thursday night uh, football, the Reclaws. The Reclaws. <laughs> the Scotiabank, Canadian Tire, and the Reclaws, if they're all based in Toronto. Like, does it matter? Like, if no one is going to those Argo games, the and ratings I, aren't terrible when you compare them to the rest of the league, but they're terrible when you compare them to other Toronto teams, right? Even, even right. your small time, like, if you look at TFC as your small time, whatever, man, they're doing way better than the Argos. And I just, I wonder if you sliced it out and you carried on as is, you still had Hamilton, you still had Ottawa, Montreal, and then Winnipeg and, and everything west of that, and you throw Halifax in there. Uh, Vancouver, I don't know, man. Vancouver if, is saying, 
We are the Braley Estate. E- we now. are every bit as good as Toronto. Okay. So Montreal too then? Yeah, no, but Montreal, yeah. Well, Montreal. I'm not saying Do they even Toronto, have an ownership in Montreal yeah, right now? I have no idea. I'm not saying Toronto gets an NFL team. I'm just saying no, no. MLSE goes, fuck this, and drops the Argos, and they just die, and that's it. Could the league, is how big of a hit is it really to the CFL? We've always heard the talk, well, yeah. that's the economic hub of the country. Yeah, Who gives it. a shit if nobody's watching? Yeah, but and it comes down to the TSN... The Toronto Sports Network. They want those 200,000 viewers. Well, they want that. Uh, my math says it's 140 okay. by, by you with the numbers sure. you threw out. Um, It'll but, be more than that today. <laughs> as, as, the, as the corporate, as you said, center of this country, they're hoping, even if asses aren't in the seats, they're hoping that there are corporate dollars. Bell buys a box. In the in, in the Argos or in the in the league itself. Yeah. That there is some money flowing upwards to the league level if it's not flowing into the Argos itself. Right. Whereas if you lose that, you have all those corporate entities in the in the GTA going, ah, It's not here. It's Fuck not it. here. We don't really know. And and I heard an interesting thing, like one third of the of the Canadian population is in Ontario, yep. and what is the number of the pop? What is the percentage of the population of Ontario within the Greater Toronto area? Right, right. So that becomes Toronto is essentially, you know. Do you believe if MLSE punted them out the door and said we're done, you're out? The league just die. <sighs> I don't know. Like to me, like the Saskatchewan. Heavy hitters, right? Edmonton makes money. Yeah, well, Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Saskatchewan. To me, those are the those are the heavy hitters. Even Hamilton. Well, only because of like a nice new field, solid ownership. Well, yeah, what's They're his name? Right. There? What, ever since he took over. Yeah. Um, but you are looking at to me, it's Edmonton, Calgary, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg carry this league. Right. Hamilton. And I got Calgary. Fourth in that group. I got Calgary fourth and I got Hamilton fifth. Okay. Right? Just in terms of Calgary, I mean, Hamilton was a shit show until, and his name escapes me, I can picture him. He looks like a, he's a funny little fellow with glasses on. All right. uh, Wearing a mesh back ball cap. Oh, nice. That that fits ill, but like, no, long before the kids were going with the snapback hats and you're like, um, he's, he's really saved. And the new stadium saved the CFL because it was it was struggling. Yeah, in Hamilton. I prior just have to a him. hard time believing that if you drop one of your weak sister franchises, despite its location, that the league okay. dies. The, but you dropped Ottawa a couple of times. This is a weak sister, Ottawa. Not now. No, no. no. But it's 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 a. But to me, Toronto is not. They are a attendance wise, a weak sister, but they are, that is a pillar. That's a tent post. Right. In my opinion, for the, for the league. They're paying Phil Kessel more to play in Arizona right now than they are to run the Argos this yeah. season. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but again, the idea that. Love you, Phil. That you have this fat. Fat, filthy, fucking. Phil Kessel. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is, this is to me, the, the cachet that comes with having the biggest city in the country lends a little a little credibility to the league. Uh, there was another thing I wanted to talk about as it pertains to MLSE. 
and only because it's come up a few times lately, and there's been talk that uh, I believe they've now formalized the deal. At least, if not, the details are becoming, you know, more clear uh, from all the insiders that the Fenway Group has bought the Pittsburgh Penguins. So that uh, that group owns the Boston Red Sox. It also owns a Premier League franchise. Its uh, name escapes me. Might be Liverpool. Liverpool. But, uh, yeah. And they have other properties. But before they went to the Penguins, they apparently went to MLSE and said, hey, interested at all in a merger? One of the complications, I guess MLSE said, we're not saying no, but we're not, we're, we are saying not right now. But one of the complications becomes that the Fenway group owns the Red Sox, half of MLSE owns the Blue Jays. You're not allowed to own two teams within Major League Baseball. And so it wasn't a great fit. But one of the reasons they went then to the Penguins next wasn't just the team, but the Penguins also still owned the building rights to where the Igloo used to stand. Oh. I believe it's torn down. So it's as much a, a real estate play as anything else. And MLSE obviously, you know, condos, and Maple Leaf Square, and real sports and the practice rink. Um, the Marley's rink, like there's a bunch of pieces there that would have made them attractive to, to the Fenway group, even as some sort of a merger. So the, the Leafs say, we're not saying no, but we're, we are saying not right now. So Fenway moves along, they buy the Penguins and there's been some talk that that's partly a streaming play. We now have the, if we want the exclusive streaming rights to the Red Sox and the Penguins and Liverpool. And my first question is who, like what? very small segment of the population is buying a streaming subscription to the Boston Red Sox, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Liverpool FC. And some NASCAR. I think there's, yeah. there's a NASCAR. No, there is another there. player too in there. It seems odd that it, like your streaming play has to be kind of regional, you'd think, right? Like you, you got to buy up a few teams. The reason this comes to mind is Elliot Friedman said uh, on 32 Thoughts, Last week, this is not going to be the last time MLSE is approached. And again, it, there's a there's an NHL team, an NBA team, hmm. and uh, the Marlies. Go ahead, tell us about the. Uh, I, I'm I'm just sorry. I just cracked Brown, and some yeah. bolts. I I am abs after moving over from the winter pale ale. Yeah, I am absolutely getting dried fruit. Okay, like a little. Now it's been sitting here for yeah 45 minutes. Right, but to me, I'm getting a little. Sort of, you know, raisin a little. I'm hmm. getting, I'm absolutely getting dry. That's the first thing I get off that pull. Interesting. So sorry. Back to you. Sorry. Thanks, man. Uh, the uh, there's a Marley's play there. There's TFC. All these things, but there's real estate, right? There's condos and all that stuff that makes them interesting. One of the problems when Fenway approached was, what's it worth? Like if the Penguins just sold uh, for eight seventy five, the Leafs are worth. 1.2? Yeah, at least. Okay. More. Now the Raptors. Now all your lesser, whatever, plus condos. But it was a really hard deal to quantify. And so, but they wanted that. That's got to be 5 billion, at least 5 billion in, in between MLSC and between uh, TFC. Too many fucking acronyms, man. Uh. <laughs> between TFC, the Raptors, and the Leafs, that's got to be $5 billion in, in franchise. Once you pile on the condos and everything. Whatever. You're saying just franchises? 
to me, like I'm with throw, you. Throw the arena in is is really yeah. And, and, no, and, the arena is huge because there's concerts yeah. that go with that. And so events. to me, that's that's a five billion dollar right. So not easy to, well, to get I, that done. And the idea of merging, merging is the term you hear, but then you see this. The Henry family, you know, it's more it's like the a, time Germany merged with Poland or Czech Republic, <laughs> Czechoslovakia, <laughs> right? right? You're yes. like, Hey, it, it doesn't seem to me like we both really agree to this. Yeah, I know that, that it seems more like their hostile takeover may be in this. Right. But it does make more sense on a streaming sense. You would now have all of the Toronto properties on one. That would be big. And I want to take you back to. Right around 2011, 2012, as MLSE is being swallowed up by Bell and Rogers. So for the longest time before that, the majority owners were the teacher's pension fund. And they said forever, we're not going to sell. We'll never give it this up. This is a cash cow. For the <laughs> right. So you have Steve Stavros a part of that. You have Larry Tannenbaum's a part of it. But the majority owners are the teacher's pension fund. And what starts to happen in... I'll kind of get you there, but there's a reason this story has never truly been told. And you got to talk to some people. You got to really be interested in it. Um, the people who end up buying it are the sports networks. So they get to tell the story the way they want to tell it. Right. Beliefs and MLSE at the time start Leafs TV. And at the time, there's no Leaf games on it. You're watching classic games. You're watching interviews called Once a Leaf. You're it's <laughs> shit. And classic I watched it all the time. Yeah, and it's like here's uh, is George Frank Armstrong. Of course yeah, exactly. he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's Peter Ing in in goal and all oh, these things. Alan Bester has got to be showing up in there, yeah, of course, man. <laughs> Ken Reggett. right? So these are the types of classic games you're getting uh, to the 1981 February 7th. Something. Cr- Stupid happens. The Inacheck brothers. Oh, I've got to be going on in that. So at the same time, they start NBA Canada TV. The Raptors do. And it starts to grow. The Leafs get seven games on Leafs TV as they come away from global. And then it moves to nine games as they pick a couple games away from Sportsnet. And then it goes to 13 games a year as they pick a couple away from TSN. And they're never going to fully be able to move. The NHL insists on national games. So every Saturday... The Leafs are going to be on hockey night no matter what. Oh, man. And Saturday night this week was a great example of you have Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto all going at seven. Yeah. But the intermissions? All Toronto. It's all Toronto. And I just yeah. zoom through those fuckers like nobody's <laughs> business. So as this is happening, Sportsnet and TSN are going, oh, I, I can see what's happening here. As, as the regional rights are becoming available, Leafs TV's grabbing them, right? And you're going to be stuck every Saturday. The Leafs are going to have to keep giving those to CBC. But everything else is slowly moving to Leafs TV. And then the Raptors and NBA TV Canada start doing the the same thing on that side of it. And you also own the Toronto Rock for whatever it's worth to you. The Marlies. Love the Rock. It's it's, it's fun, man. Be there live. Like music going during. Like it's a great atmosphere. But TSN and Sportsnet go... If MLSE starts doing exactly what uh, MSG TV does or Nessun in Boston and putting all the regional games on their own networks, what does TSN and Sportsnet have left? Well, see, and to me, I rail against the Leafs all the time. Right. And, And this, you know, how you have these obnoxious, fat guys wearing medium 
leaf jerseys with barbecue stains on. I'm under siege. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling the spotlight. (laughs) Um, But yeah, to your point, the reality is you pull the Leafs from that equation, Mm -hmm. the dollar value that comes into from the from the TV deal to the rest of us becomes less. Right. And so Sportsnet and TSN go, we cannot allow. All I of that, love you, MLSE. You cannot allow all that content to end up on Leafs TV or just a Toronto, like right. a, the MLSE yeah. network, right? And so they go, the only way to stop that, step in and buy it. And instead of ending up in a bidding war with each other, they go, okay, we'll take this percent. You'll take that percent. We'll become more majority owners together. And there has not been a bidding war since. There are 41 Leaf games a year on TSN 1050 and 41 Leaf games a year on the Fan 590. There are all the regional games are split equally between Sportsnet Ontario and TSN whatever it is, four or three or whatever. The They don't bid. They don't push the envelope. Oh, I'm sure it's one. It's actually not. I okay. Don't know. It's, <laughs> it is TSN four, I think. All right. It's, it's odd. It's five here and down. Yeah. Last. Yeah, for sure. And I guess... Four's second line. I, I don't know. But that's the story that TSN and Sportsnet never tell you is that they were about to lose out on everything. So you got to buy the entire puzzle. So this was never meant to be a long-term play for them. This was, we cannot... Stave off. We're going to stave off whatever's happening. Right. Now. We buy the entire thing together. We'll split it equally. And this is a conversation we've had before. I think mainly about the Blue Jays that... Sportsnet never has to bid against anyone else to have the, all the Blue Jays games and the Blue Jays should make more money off their regional rights, right? Because competition makes the price higher. Yeah. The Leafs are by far the number one property in the National Hockey League. They don't bid. And it's funny, that only hurts the Leafs. Yeah. If they're bidding against each other as you know, if they don't own the team together, TSN says, we'll give you whatever, 300 yeah. million Sportsnet says, we'll give you 350 and it goes up and up and up. That's all hockey related revenue that pushes the salary cap up. That would help the Leafs. And since they own it, they go, no, 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 no. Let's keep it low. You'll take half. We'll take half and we'll just carry on. Don't rock the boat. And but, the PA should be furious about but it. What are the implications for the next C- for the next TV deal in Canada? Well, that doesn't change much because it's just national rights, right? The Leafs will end up every Saturday night on yeah, yeah. on the national game or whatever. These are regional rights. But because the team the team has to put those rights up for negotiation, and then they just don't negotiate. They just go, you take half, we take half. The Leafs' regional rights, as long as this is owned by Bell and Rogers, will never be negotiated, will never be bid for. They just keep it in-house, no different than the Blue Jays. Owned by Sportsnet. They just go, all these games are sports nets. They won't give any of them to TSN. A, because you want to hurt your competition, but B, you don't want to drive up any sort of... Yeah. It's it's damaging to the league, man. It's uh, it's damaging. The PA should hate this. Yeah. It doesn't hurt me as, in in that instance, as as a Blue Jay fan, it doesn't hurt me. It may hurt MLB, who... But if you want to... It depends on your budget, right? Like, do you want to see the Blue Jays become a... You're, you have to trust Sportsnet to take the appropriate amount of money from your right pocket and put it in their left pocket. Yeah, but but when it comes to the Leafs, that's it. Yeah, you're, that that is a Bettman issue in terms of if. It's, well, I think Bettman likes it. It's a Donald Fear issue. If yeah. it's mo- <laughs> if it's money coming through though. Yeah. If you could get more for those rights, 
But you acknowledge if Sportsnet and TSN had to bid against each other, it would go up. Right. If but they're in cahoots, it I, doesn't. I'm also going to acknowledge the $6 billion or whatever that they've already <laughs> put on the table is fucking astronomical. But those are national, not regional. No, I, I know. But I'm just saying in terms of that money, you look at it and they say they're already driving. That's well beyond what they have ever could have anticipated. For the league. For the league, yeah. But you have your biggest cash cow going, we're, we're, we pass. Yeah, yeah. We're well, not going to maximize our income. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not sure there's a lot we can do there. There's nothing you can do. I just think it's an interesting story. To me, it was interesting to see because TSN is never going to run a story that says we were going to lose everything, so we just bought it. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, no, of course they're not. So that's what happened, though. Leafs TV was slowly grabbing up more and more and more and more, and then they went, holy shit, I see where that's going. Yeah. Down. <laughs> like, well, we're not doing that. It's, it's like Monopoly. Yeah. It's like, oh, it may be too late. I'd rather not You've already pay made that, that rent. I'll just buy your hotel. And yeah. And, and, and it comes <laughs> down to, when, when it comes down to, and, and the interesting portion is, is with MLSE and the products they own and, and you have the Fenway group and the products they own and, yeah. and you start to look at. Um, but that's the full circle. If somebody buys MLSE, it will be with streaming in mind. And you will then, instead of having this weird mishmash of the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Boston Red Sox, and Liverpool FC, you will have the Leafs and the Raptors and TFC. And, and that's an interesting streaming package to me as a Toronto sports fan. Yeah. Well, Whereas it's, it's very if I'm a Penguins homogeneous. Fan, yes. But if I'm a Penguins fan, I don't give a shit about the Red Sox and vice versa. Or right? Liverpool. Right. Yeah. It's a, that's a weird thing to try and sell. Well, but if I own all the Toronto sports teams... That's that's right. a moneymaker. We've right. seen it with MSG. We've seen it with Nesson. But to me, there's a, there's many things going on here separate from the MLSE perspective, right? Which there's is there's no such thing as outside the yes, MLSE perspective. I, I know, but <laughs> which, which, which is the idea that you go, know, why would if if the Red Sox are worth two plus billion and Liverpool is worth whatever more than that? Probably, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you say as as an established. EPL yeah. franchise. And, and then whatever else happens, you go, why would you spend on, you know, the relative peanuts of 875 on, on the Penguins? It's probably not your last play. Well, and not only that is you look at the value of franchises in, in any of the, of the, of the big leagues. Yeah. They don't go down. No, they do not. And then there's the associated real estate. The and, real estate. And PPG, I'm not sure what the deal with the, the arena and. Right. It's that, it's the piece of land they left that apparently is the value piece. Well, it just seems like this is the direction we're heading. And even as we sit here right now, uh, 26, 16, looks like the Tiger Cats are going to take down the, uh, the Argos with only a couple minutes left. If I'm a group that suddenly owns all of Southern Ontario's, you know, streaming rights, I'm probably looking at trying to scoop up the Tiger Cats too, right? Like it, this is where we're headed is, is sort of the whole point is, how to control content. We own the, 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 the franchises that create the content. So we're going to also own the way that we distribute that content. And the more properties you can own, the better off you are, I would right. imagine. But, but to me, that is not why the Fenway group wants to merge with MLSE. I, I understand what you're saying in terms of MLSE and Sportsnet and Rogers in terms of, of what they do and how they control the Leafs. Mm -hmm. But to me, that's not the benefit of, of Fenway wanting to merge with the MLSE. 
Would you? No, agree? it's a bigger play, right? They want the real estate parts of it. They want the streaming parts of it. They the want value. those franchises. Yeah, no, yeah. there's there's pieces there. Like the Raptors have become a monster over the last five years or so. Uh, well, you know, and, and and I wonder. When you look TFC's at TFC, is only going to get bigger. And, and, I, and I'm trying to think of um, is it uh, Shahid Singh? Is that the name of the guy who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, Fulham FC? Jacksonville, no, and that, now All Elite Wrestling yeah. as well. It's the same guy. Yes, it is. Shahid Singh, I believe, is his name. And, and, and I'm just wondering. It's Tony Khan, actually, I believe. Uh, Shahid Khan, maybe that's Shahid the, Khan owns the Jaguars. Tony Khan, I believe, is his son. Okay. He's the one running the wrestling part of it anyway. All right. It's his toy. Hey, and it's Shahid Khan is the name, sorry, yeah. of a, and it's whatever the automotive group is, Flex and Gear, something along those lines. And, sure. autom- and I wonder when you look at this, when we look at the idea of, of, a, of, a, of a sports, somebody who's saying, yeah, I want to own the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, right? And you're like, it's, it's, it is that ultimate flex. Right, and you're like, look at this franchise I own, and I am big. I'm a big deal. All right, but I wonder what's going to happen when you start to, like, the case of of the of the Fenway Group, multiple, you know, league, you know, multiple leagues. And yeah, you, to me, it's pulling away from that that individual ego play. It's, right, this is a the, corporate the, this property play. And, and like, what happens then with with from the Jerry Jones to the Shahid Khan, when you say, all right, I now have the ability to lean on different, it's a bigger pot, it's a bigger pool or a bigger, and you say, what does that do in terms of your small time owners like Melnick here or wherever it is? Yeah, you get gobbled up. or, Or you get left behind. Yeah. Big time. Yep. Right. And so, because- Jacksonville is a shitty NFL franchise. Yep. But clear sure is. But clearly Fulham is doing well. Mm-hmm. All elite is on the upward arc and you sort of say, all right, well, so now Jacksonville can can sort of weather that. Yeah. Lean back, get your shit tight, move forward, right? right? And so you wonder how how much longer those sort of single entity when you have the Shahid Khans, you have the Fenway Group, you have MLSE and, and, and others that I am completely oblivious to. Yeah, we all are, right? And this is a, I wonder, right? You're sitting here, and it's a bad example, but you're sitting here with a shitty individual owner in Ottawa. I'm How sitting dare here you? with a faceless corporate owner in Toronto. One of them's far less emotionally, like some people want that guy who takes pride in like, I'm going to make, like Jerry Jones, right? Like I'm going to, now it's not like that's gone super for yeah, him. I was just going to say, please no. But- you know, largely MLSC get stays out of the way as long as like they'll clean house, but they, yeah. they don't tinker with, uh, you know, this guy for assistant GM, or we're not going to sign off on that trade or whatever. Like, I, I don't know. I think, I think there was a point where as, as sports fans, we preferred there to be a guy who was in the fight with us. Yeah. Right. But if that guy turns out to be a broke douche. It's a problem for your franchise, right? And well, what maybe it it's better to just have a, a a a thing that just says, as long as you're making money, we'll leave you alone. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And you have to have what's the name of the ownership and it escapes me in Tampa Bay with lightning. Uh Jeff Vinnick. Uh, Jeff Vinnick. But Vinnick is that that whole idea of he's he is the poster child for, hey man, 
I'm going to put hockey people in charge of hockey things. And then hands off. And hands off. And yep. so to me, he is the, he is the gold standard for. Got him a couple championships. Well, and, and, and really since 05 or 04, whatever it was, they went. 04 was their first cup win. Yeah. yeah and you go, that, it just, that franchise has been, they've spent the whole 2010s. Yeah. As, they have like one bad year and like, oh, look, we got Stamkos out of it. You have a couple yeah. years later, like one bad year. Oh, look, we got Hedman out of it. Well, and, Fuck. And, <laughs> yeah. And then that one year where they, they missed the playoff, they went to the, they went to the, either the conference final or to the final and then they missed, missed the playoffs completely. next year, but they had terrible injury problems. Yep. But this is the whole idea is you never know, but I'm wondering about the financial clout really is the future uh, of this, right? I think is, that's where we're going, man. Is where this goes in At, terms no of- No different than any other- Business. A part of the world right now. Yeah. yeah. It's all corporate play. True. Uh, let's move off of that. We got some hot- Well, why don't we start with baseball? Start with. Why don't we hit baseball here next? We are into our lockout. Um, you know, we had a bit of a laugh on Sunday- we wrapped up recording around 3, 3.30. I think the first news that broke was that the Canadians had fired. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, I'm still sitting out there tying my shoes post-show and I'm right. like, oh, wait. Look. Yeah. Persian Man fire. <laughs> uh, and then after that, uh, the Blue Jays lock up Kevin Gosman. Huge contract. And there was something else that happened the same day that, uh, that escapes me now. But it was a full podcast worth after we had recorded last week's it's podcast. 75% of what we covered was pissed upon by the time, we, by the time I was bit. leaving here. Yeah. So I don't, the, the baseball thing since then, they have locked out the players. And if you go to like MLB.com now or Blue Jays, there's like not one picture of a single player and any speculation, any like team articles that are written, like our experienced first baseman had a great year of whatever. Like they just don't use names. Like it's really weird. Yeah. Um, but I do, like, I don't know necessarily what the end game is here. What I know is over the last 10 years, the player's share of revenue has gone from about 54% down to about 39%. Money coming into baseball is going up and up and up. And while certain players, like 5 to 10 per year, are getting huge, huge contracts. $1.5 at least in free agency signings just last like week. Like this week. Like Texas alone. Spent almost a half a billion. Half billion dollars on infielders. Yeah, I was just going to say. So, like, there's money in the system, but the players aren't happy with how it's being spent. Right. And it seems to me, and if you don't believe the owners are spending enough money, the thing that you're going to naturally ask for is a floor. And the owners are then going to respond with, if we're giving you a floor, you're giving us a cap. Yeah. So if I was the players, I'd be stepping awfully careful here. There's a ton of money in, in baseball and it's just not evenly distributed. Right. I, what do you think is about to happen here? Well, and, and it comes down to, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm wicked confused when you. Save that. Yeah. When you, <laughs> when you look at Tatis Jr. getting the big fat contract at 21 or 22, whatever he was. Mm -hmm. um, the, the name of the guy escapes me in Tampa Bay. We talked about last week who just signed. Frank, uh, Wanda Franco. Wanda Franco. And you're like, but if free agency doesn't hit until 29 and a half or whatever it is. Yeah. There's a lot of controlled arbitration <laughs> years. And why are you signing these guys? Like Vlad Guerrero Jr. has to be looking at going. I'll hey, be man. 35 million minimum. Yeah. It, or like pronto, but not. And, and I'm not sure, 
Anyways, the deal is you have guys playing double A ball making 7000 a summer or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Major leaguers will piss them away every time. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, but you just said it. The pyramid, the peak of the pyramid is super fucking small. The base is large of people not yeah. making... You know, it's not again, really a pyramid. There's like one base and then a giant tower in the middle of it. <laughs> right. Yes. Nobody's nobody's um, <clears throat> nobody's crying for Vlad making seven fifty or uh, a million, whatever he's making this this year, as as the uh, sort of an entry level. Yeah, because he's going to get paid. Because he's going to get paid. But what about the guys who aren't Vlad? That's what this is about. Yeah, but those guys are always the ones who get fed to the wolves. I know, but the, to me, there's more base, of them. Baseball, unlike any other sport, the, the number of those guys propping up the Vlads and the Bows, Bows going to get his money, the Simeons. Yeah, to me, Toronto's a bad example. No, no, I, I, I know. We are just pay. looking at it as you that. You got to look at the Pirates or the fucking. No, I, I know. And, and it is the idea, but the concept is, is you have guys in Toronto who, who have positioned themselves to be you know, stars, stars in the, and, and, and great teams in the future. You are looking at whether it's the Kansas city Royals or whether it's the Pittsburgh pirates, whatever you choose to use or up until recently, the Seattle Mariners. Right. Stole your tight pants, beauty. Yeah. You are propping up. You have a bunch of guys making the minimum and, and other guys have, the Dodgers, your your Cardinals, your Yankees, your Red Sox. So what are they pushing for? What do the players want to do here? Because the, se- the second well, you I, say, I'm obli- you gotta, I'm uh, oblivious to that because, to me, what we're kind of dancing around here that you and I is the idea that that you have guys guys are getting paid. There are guys absolutely getting paid. Yeah, and then there's guys who are not. There's more and more money in the system than ever before. It's going to fewer and fewer guys. Yes. Well, what do you want to do about it? Like, does it mean this? Am this I one the, of the guys making no, fat the, cash? Yeah. So I don't want to do shit. I don't care. I'm doing fine. At all. This is the thing that has been confusing about this entire endeavor is unless you're prepared to go in there and say, we want a floor and we will accept a cap. I don't know what the minute, the way out of this is. Right. They're, they're, they're talking about stupid shit. Like instead of. You know, years of service, it's minimum age, it's things like, it's not going to change the fact that your superstars are going to get fucking paid. Like Max Scherzer getting $43 million a year for three years. There's money in yeah. the system. Yeah. So it and, comes down to, no, go ahead, finish well, That's all it was, man. Is it, it, there's money out there. If you want it to be, if you want to insist that owners, like, you force the pirates, you force the rays, you force to spend a certain amount of money to bring all their guys up, then you better be prepared to accept their immediate responses. Yeah. Okay. Then the resties are coming back down. Yeah. And there's a cap here. Yeah. And this might be the first time we've ever seen a PA go, we'd prefer the floor cap thing to what's happening now because your superstars are getting paid, but nobody else is. And, you see stupid shit like what Carlo Koliakovo of the TSN 1050 morning show tweets are like, can you believe how much baseball players are getting paid more than like Connor McDavid? Like, yeah, motherfucker, I can. 
because I know what baseball is bringing in versus what the yeah. NHL is bringing in. I know that it's a 40,000-seat stadium versus a 20,000-seat stadium for 81 home games yeah. versus 41 home games. Like, all these yeah. things factor Sorry, in. Carlo, but... Well, fuck, <laughs> smarten up. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's just a dumb thing to fucking say. It is. It is. It, it Sorry, I didn't think this conversation would lead to fuck you, Carlo Coliacomo. Yeah. If I've said it once, I've <laughs> yeah. said it a hundred times. Fuck you, Carlo Coliacomo. Especially, Carlo, since you were part of the that, fucking union that voted for the cap. You're the one who limited Connor McDavid's earnings right now. Oh. You See, I was going to say fuck you because you were part of that 03 World Junior team that I watched lose to Ovechkin and the Russians in Halifax. There's so many things wrong with Carlo Coliacomo. <laughs> this is now a Carlo Koliakovo <laughs> hatred podcast. That's it. Um, but yeah, because that's what it comes down to, right? Is is do your smallest percentage of of big earners? How do they feel about their brethren? They right? don't care. Like, well, we talk about unions, unions, brothers and sisters. Yeah. Right. You're like, yeah, okay. Really, I, I, you're my brother or my sister as long as we're both fighting the good fight. But once once I'm making big fat stacks, I don't know you. No, get lost. Right. Um, so it's it's interesting, but yeah, that is absolutely the case, right? You are looking at the first thing that's going to happen is when you look at salaries pre 04 in the NHL, mm-hmm. which to me is pre salary cap. Yeah. You are looking at, look at the Rangers and the money they're spending and guys making 10 the million. The Red Wings, the Avalanche, the Leafs, the, the Rangers, the Flyers. Making, for sure, we've, we've covered the, the culprits. Yeah. And you go, It took years to get back. Like Matt Sundin signed a $9 million contract in 2001. No one else signed one again, like post lockout. Yeah. Till like Crosby's first two deals, 8.7. Well, like. until, they, until they started going with all those deals that were like the, the, big we- back the Webers, diving, yes. right? Those big back Hosa, divers with, stuff, with yeah. like, I got seven years of making a million bucks at the end yeah. um, to bring the AAV down. But you look at what happened to salaries, bam, that, that just, so you have to look at. Well, they want you to fight with each other. There's only this much money to go around per team. You guys right. fight over it. I can right. remember Gary saying, and this doesn't get, <laughs> there, we will write a check for half of the league revenues or whatever it was at the time, 57% to the PA, do what you want with it. Give it all to Crosby and none to anybody else. Like I remember Gary saying something along those lines. We don't care what you do with your half. You fight over it was essentially the, but you're only getting half. Yeah. Well, like (laughs) that's what baseball is sort of facing down right now. I think the players absolutely want to ensure that the owners are going to spend more. Yep. I'm not sure they're as interested in the other end of that, which goes, okay, yep. then we're telling you we're also going to spend less over here. Well, because you have, you have a league in the MLB, which is the Pirates don't care at this point. No. Pre this CBA, they don't care. They're making money. They could put nobody out in the field. Yep. Very similar to the NFL, where before you sell ticket one, You've made your money on your local TV deal, your national TV deal. Whatever happens after that is is pretty much irrelevant. Uh huh. And so, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it comes down to da da da. Yeah. No, uh-huh. I, see, I was thinking of it's my shit. I was thinking of more Gwen Stefani, <laughs> right? Bananas. Your and, shit is bananas. Bro. Yeah. And so it, it's it's yeah. Do you want to take less money? Right. Your Jaggers, your all those things. 
do you want to come down so that your lower earning compatriots can come up? Right. And so I think at the end of the day, I think what wins the what wins out is yeah, what's best for the most is best. We'll see. I'm confused by where this is all going to go. And uh, I have a feeling we don't end up very far from where we are right now, to be honest with you. And we come out on the other end of this. All right. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, it's been quite a week for the Ottawa Senators who lots of ups. Oh, I should say lots of downs, but a couple of ups here coming out uh, recently. Uh, the Sens get just waxed on Tuesday. Before they headed to Carolina, someone was nope. in and, and, uh. Wednesday. Wednesday, Thursday. See, Wednesday, yeah. Okay. Th- Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. So they got pumped pretty good on, uh, on Wednesday by somebody. And, by a uh, pretty shitty Vancouver team. That's right. Who had, uh, at JR here on TSN 1200, it sort of said this fucking gross triangle of bad Canadian teams, the Canucks, the Habs and the, uh, the Sens, um, playing off against each other. So they get pumped by the Canucks who are having their own troubles. And it kind of looks like at that point, the low point of the season. But the Sens get on a flight, they head to Carolina to play one of the top, at worst, five teams in the league. Yes. Probably a top three team Percentage-wise, number three. Yeah. Um, they head down there feeling as bad as you can possibly feel, back-to-back with travel, in theory, ready to just get pumped. And somehow they go into the third period. Um, they end up building a two goal lead. They blow that two goal lead. Then somehow win anyway on Saturday, they have a huge lead against Colorado. They blow that, but Keith Kachuk wins it in not Keith Kachuk as much as Brady Kachuk <laughs> wins it in uh, overtime. Keith isn't skating that fast on a, no. a three on three breakaway. And it sort of feels like the pressure has come down a little bit around the franchise. A couple of wins kind of cools people off a little bit, but it has not been a good start. We have touched on it a few times here recently on the show, but I, you know, it's been quite a few days for the Ottawa Senators and I just not really sure where that leaves us now. Well, and and it's funny because two weeks ago in this pod, right, we, we talked about the idea of what a level-headed sports fan comes into the whole what thing. What does that look like? Yeah. <laughs> and saying, you're coming off uh, a pretty shitty stretch, you know, dealing with COVID, COVID outbreaks, and then you then you have the COVID break. Mm-hmm. So you were struggling pre-COVID break. Struggling. Struggling with, with COVID, struggling with bad play, bad goaltending. And then you have the COVID break and you go, okay, guess what? You come back from the break, we're going to send you right out. Your first game is going to be in Colorado, and then you got to hit the three. the three At altitude. Yeah. And then you got to hit the three California teams. And then you got to come home, and it doesn't matter who you play, right? They have that long standing. So we knew, we, we talked about it on this podcast, that there was a very real chance you're coming home over off yeah. that four-game road trip coming out of the COVID break, Right. Colorado, LA, Anaheim, San Jose. It doesn't matter how good or bad those teams are. Mm-hmm. And then they shit the bed and went 0 for 4 and, and probably could have won the first two games. Right. But didn't through ineptitude, bad fortune, whatever. 
It happened and you went over four. So the shit that people predicted may happen and probably could happen, happened. And then people are like, motherfucker, the sky is falling. Yep. It's crazy. And you go, but just like 10 days ago, you said that is legit possibility. Now you come home. Well, let's and, balance that with before COVID, things were not going well. No, and that's what I said. Yeah. They were struggling. Yeah. But the reality is a bottom 10 team, and that's generous, <laughs> a bottom 10 team struggling, struggling with COVID, COVID break, and then you have to come back and you have to travel and you have to play at altitude. Then you have to play on the West Coast. It's not a great... That's the worst case scenario, yeah. really, in terms of travel. So the fact that, and, and I'm not excusing the play, because, man, the play, as I said to you last week, at times that team looked like zero talent. Right. There was nobody who really knew how to play. And so, but you go, but, you know, you sort of, we forecasted that, and then when it happened, people were like, holy Christ, can you believe that? I think a lot of, for most franchises, you like to, you like to, not you, but sports yeah, yeah. fans like to say, here's the worst case scenario because it makes them feel like yep. I'm laying it out here. Here's what could, when yeah, it actually but, happens, like Jesus yeah, yeah. Christ. But, but, but could you not see that for you as somebody watching this Senator's franchise, could you not see that happening? I don't remember the talk about the California trip. I absolutely remember going, you're going to ask them to yeah, come yeah. off COVID and go to yeah. Denver. Well, Holy fuck. And, and, and I, the- and, and you and I have both talked at length about how shitty the Pacific division is. Yeah. And, and Ottawa has gone oh for eight. But to, the whole team, yeah. To start against, against the Pacific. But the whole team <laughs> did, even... Even if they didn't have COVID, they were laid off and then here you go with a big yep. road trip. It's yep. hard, right? I, yeah, yeah. I do get and, that. And so we all talk about the first game home from a road trip. Yep. So it's it's like it's it's That's where you wax Colorado eight three. Right. It's that's well, that's a much better team. Um that's Jonas Johansson in golf. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> so to me, they roll into and to me that Vancouver game in hindsight is the lowest point. Cause it was shitty. I turned it off. I turned it off at... Was there any doubt in your mind they were getting smoked the next night in Carolina? Zero. No. And, that, and, and, actually, and it was built in with travel back to back. They should have gotten at, smoked. At 4-1... And they kind of did without Forsberg. Okay, just wait. At 4-1... to one, will not just wait. <laughs> yeah, simmer down. At 4-1, to one, I turned it off. I'm in the like, Vancouver The game, Vancouver yeah. game, yes. I'm like, you know what? I don't need to see the rest of this. Right. I know how this... And that's in the second period. Yeah. Which never happens. And I said, I'm not watching tomorrow night. Right. Like. Oh, I was watching the next night. I, I, you, yeah. I, I was get, like, this is going to be awesome. I actually it, tweeted it, after the first period and it was it still zero, zero or whatever in the Carolina No, one, game. zero. One, zero Ottawa after right. one. I tweeted, oh, if the Sens aren't going to soft deuce all over themselves, I don't even know what I'm doing watching this game. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. But now they kind of had, but Anton Forsberg was just like, I got this. Well, and, and, and as, him do and so before. I said, I'm not watching this. Yeah. I am not watching this tomorrow night. I have a couple of episodes left of season three of Boardwalk Empire. Right. I know it will be more satisfying <laughs> than me watching that in Carolina. I love you, Steve Buscemi. Yeah. But so I PVR'd the game and I came in with super low expectations and I'm like, well, let's see what happens. And yeah, as you said, and, and coming out of, I don't know, 
the West Coast trip. Yeah. I'm saying to anybody who will listen, you need, you are talent deficient. This team is talent deficient. Like they have some talent, right. but there's not nearly enough depth. But you need your top end talent to do something in key moments. Yep. Spur something, do something. And so. Well, Batherson missed a couple more than. For sure. Than the yeah. rest of the group. He missed the whole West Coast trip. Yeah. And so. A big part of the. For sure it is. Yeah. And so when you look at that Carolina game and you go, and it was 2 nothing, and I said to my lovely partner, I'm like, if, if, if they score, if Carolina scores a goal, Ottawa is hooped. Like this game is done. It kind of looked like it. Yeah, it, it didn't matter. And that was before. It was 2 nothing. I'm like, one goal is going to be enough. That'll to, shatter them. To sh- exactly shatter the confidence. And so I was completely unprepared for, well, prepared for the tying goal yeah. that came directly afterwards. Yeah, it was like 68 seconds later. Yeah, or something. and then 19 seconds afterwards, the yep. top line goes out, the yep. to- Ottawa top line goes out and scores a bit of a bullshit goal, but you still have, you take the TV time, you take the time out, mm-hmm. you, your top line goes out and you go, that's what I was talking about. You, you just need something positive to happen from the bit of talent that you do have. But to, to touch back on your earlier point. <laughs> well, to me, just before you do, this is why, as I'm always someone who leans on the analytics, this is the argument of throwing them right in the fucking trash. The Ottawa Senators, a struggling team, uh, you know, not a very good team. They've been getting punted around. Yep. They just lost at home. They're at the low point of their season. They are going on the road for a back-to-back with travel against a top team in the conference. They get dummied on the shot clock and they win. You just go, fuck, sometimes hockey's just stupid, right? Like sometimes a rubber, like a piece of rubber bouncing around on ice with guys skating around on knives, you just go, I don't know. <laughs> like I have no fucking idea what's going to happen tonight. And, and as you say, they have, so Forsberg now has three wins on the season. Yeah. Maybe four. Two of them. He's faced over 40. Well, this is it. 46 in the, in the home opener against the Leafs. Yeah. And then 47 against Carolina. Right. And you go, that is not a recipe for long-term <laughs> success. It is not. Right. And, and now let's be honest. And, and as I said to you, when I threw this on, on the docket for, for conversation today, yeah. You were, you know, your, your reaction was, wow, why do we need to cover that again? Yeah. And, and, and I don't disagree with I you. I promise you, I've been pounding this. But, yes. but the thing was, I sent that message to you before the game yesterday. Right. And, and post game on Saturday night, it just felt a little different. That's Not that the team was any better. But the temperature has been turned down a couple degrees. Well, and, and not only that, it's, it's. Now, if you want to look at it and say they've played Colorado twice and they've scored 11 goals against Colorado, <laughs> Colorado's goaltending and they played Kemper. The, Kemper kept us in the first game. Yeah. It, it's, it's, the goaltending has not been great there nope. and that they need to get that shit together. Yep. But it, it certainly was, it doesn't hurt to have, Stutzla have two goals, one. Kachuk have two goals and sorry, like Norris, another one. Like when you have your top end talent mm-hmm. coming through. That is, you sort of go, okay, all right. This yeah, I kind of felt like Ottawa beating them took away from what Toronto did to them on Wednesday. Like, oh, they just suck. But Toronto scoring six, sort of, I mean, eight. Ottawa scoring six. Yeah, sort of took go, away from go, our eight. Okay, look at your eight. Oh, good, I see. You good stink you. this week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, You're sucking. Oh, you, I suck again. 
<laughs> so, anyways, and that is that that is the point. Is I think I felt differently after the game. You're like, all right, well, the senator's point becomes more moot, sort of at this point, because it's not as really. It's. I think we're going to start to see more of what the senators are now. I'd like to see more of the uh, senators' management take accountability for how things have gone so far. Well, but, uh, and, and so I, I, I did see the little clip, and yeah. and so I, I, I didn't mean the rebuild was over. Yeah, but put your burr head on <laughs> radio or TV more often. Right. I think we all knew. Well, think through. Yes, we knew what he meant, but that's not what he but said. So we get to smash you with it forever. <laughs> 100%. And when you don't say what you mean, We're a you are, you are okay. left to everybody. It, 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 everybody else gets to fill the vacuum. Yep. And so it behooves you <laughs> to say what you mean. And if you want to say the core pieces are in place, say that. Don't say rebuild's over. true. Of course it is, yeah. but don't don't ask people to make that jump with you. No, say it because some people aren't capable of, and some of us don't want to make the, it with for you. For sure, we man. Hold on to it, and, and that's life. With it later. And this is it, and and you know we've all praised some of the people in the Sense franchise mm-hmm. for saying less. Because sometimes, yep, when you open your mouth and say stupid shit, people grill you for it. So they say shove it right back. Down say less, but if you're gonna say whatever you say should be rehearsed, should be vetted, and should be smart. Uh, one guy that we know who was very capable of saying things smart without being vetted, without being rehearsed, has announced his retirement this week. Brian Williams, uh, long time of the uh, the CBC. He saw him all the time on the Olympics. Uh, kind of finished up over on the CTV group. Kind of moved right around the time that, uh, that Bell and Rogers announced that kind of consortium to to run the Vancouver 2010 London Strange 2012 game. It was, uh, as we alluded to earlier. Uh, but Brian Williams, for as long as I can remember watching the Olympic Games, was the guy. Like, he was the primetime guy. Like, there was always sort of... Um, I know I watched games before this, but the ones that I remember most clearly starting out watching the Olympics was 96 in Atlanta. And so at the time, I'm 13 years old, and... Uh, it's Terry Leibel in the morning, it's Ron McLean in the afternoon, <laughs> yeah. and it is Brian Williams in the evening. And everyone likes to- Olympic prime time. That's right. And everyone likes to, and, and not incorrectly, point out that he would tell you what time it was, wherever the games were, then in the east, then the west, then mountain, whatever it was. Right? And then Newfoundland. Yes. It was, he, he loved to hit you with the time check. But that was a guy that could do the prime time show- because no matter what ended up happening in something crazy, most of your medal events end up running sort of in that neighborhood. He he knew because of his research, because of his preparation, oh, that person's from Spruce Grove, Alberta, or that person is from Whitby, Ontario, or whatever, right? Like Dauphin, Manitoba. Had it in his back pocket, knew your mom and dad's name. Knew your hometown, maybe knew your high school, kind of Pierre Maguire, but in a less irritating way. <laughs> um, and he knew he had an entire country watching. And I know he started doing it long before 96, but that's where I started kind of paying attention. And you start getting into 98, where it was on literally the other side of the world down in Nagano. 02, we're back up in Salt Lake City. O- like there were so many Olympics that he was the guy that took you through the biggest moments. And when he moved from CBC over to that CTV 
um, whatever, Rogers Consortium before Vancouver 2010, you were like, this is where that guy needs to be, right? This is the first time Canada will have hosted an Olympics since 70, no, 80, uh, 88. 88 in Calgary. But still, a big moment. You wanted that guy to be there, and he did a great job. And there's countless memories from, you know, it's it's him throwing to John Montgomery walking from the, whatever, <laughs> carrying the beer pitcher. Yeah, in Whistler. Yes. All these, it's him teeing up, like, interviewing Wayne Gretzky before the 2010 gold medal game. Like, all these sorts of things are Brian Williams. And I don't know how much, like, he, he did some great cups. He, he, I remember him calling Labatt Blue Jays baseball on Saturday afternoons on how about, CBC. How about Brian Williams telling you we're, we're going now to Garmisch Park in Germany for the the, the grand, the giant slalom or sure. Grenoble. Like, to me, CBC Saturday sports. Right. All these... Great, like lots of CBC, um, like Grey Cup and CFL yeah. action on the CBC before he moved off of that. Like just a guy that was like almost like a Don Whitman or a... Like, oh, Don Whitman, for but sure. But you would drop him into anything and go, yep, he's got it. Like he, that sounds about yeah, right. Don Whitman's doing CFL or he's doing track and field and you're like... He's what? doing the late game on hockey night and yeah. maybe he's doing Olympic swimming or speed skating for or something. For sure he is. Like, yeah. <laughs> Brian Williams to me... More than anything else, I do remember him calling Blue Jays games. I do remember him doing CFL panel stuff. But to me, I remember him as the Olympic guy. Uh, he is the Olympic guy. And and it's funny because you see him on those iconic CBC TV sets. Yes. Right? Where they're looking out and you can see the Olympic flame in the background. Yeah. Whether it's in Seoul, whether it's in Sydney, whether it's... Uh, the, the winter ones are always fantastic because there's a wood fire yes. going somewhere and it's Lillehammer. And and it's funny because you talk about 96. Yep. And and cuz to me it's it's my most iconic Brian Williams moments. I think of the 84 games. Hmm. Willie DeWitt, Sean O'Sullivan, um Ben Johnson with the bronze medal. It's funny that we're at similar ages. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. And so, and then, and then beyond that, I, I carry forward and you go, it's not just the Ben Johnson scandal in Seoul. Which but he it, handled, yeah. But it's Lennox Lewis beating Riddick Bowe for right. the gold medal there in, in Seoul. It's Mark Tewksbury in 92. Right. Like these are my most vivid memories, right? Yeah. And through to, to Lillehammer where they switched from instead of it being yearly, yearly, you know, sort of. Yeah, where the winter and summer would happen in the same year. Alberville they, they flips off to Lillehammer in 94, yeah. right? But so to me, those, he was the guy. And 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 to me, it, he had this kind of very comforting. Yeah. Like when, when we weren't winning a pile of medals, he made Luge sexy. Like he, <laughs> this was going to happen, man. This is what you need to look for in Luge. It's coming up. And, right. and as you said, it's, it's. Well, like I talk about 96, you, you mentioned about, like to me, it's Marty McBean. I remember him throwing to What is the age group? Right? It's the it's age Silk group. Uh, no, of course. Uh, but uh, those are the names that he, you remember him saying to you, we're going to these events for this particular athlete that, that sticks with me now, right? Like it, it's, it's wild the way a broadcaster can do and move you from sport to sport to sport and go, I need to see this. Like, I want to see what's yeah. going to happen next, even though our best hope is to maybe finish eighth in the whatever, C1 canoe kayak exactly, or whatever. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and you go, ah. 
but you but but you went into that C one going. This is a seventh ranked in the world Canadian. Yep. And you yep. go, yeah, all right, seventh ranked, man. They finished sixth. Awesome. Yeah, but Did it. but yeah, this is it. But you had the idea that you were going into this going, hey man, on a good day we can win a medal. Yep. yep. Ah, we didn't win a medal. Damn you, Brian Williams. <laughs> but but he was this welcoming thing that just you felt yep. like the Olympics were as much about Brian Williams to me as as they were totally. the sport. Loved him as a as the primetime guy rated as eight twenty two in Nagano, well, Japan. I mean, he's seven thirty three p.m. in Regina or whatever yeah. it was. Right? Why is there like, one hour and one minute difference? I have no idea. That's how it works, man. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> you don't know time zones <laughs> like for, Brian Williams for sure. We do. Yeah. <laughs> but but that whole idea of he's I, taking you from Nagano back home, right? Well, and especially in a time when. Medals were at an absolute premium, yeah, yeah. right? That you had to, and, and I, I, I forgot about to me in terms of '88 in Calgary with the Liz Manley and the Katarina Vitt, right? The two, the two Bryans, Boyko and Orser, right? Like yep. it's this huge, Boytano, this, this huge, yeah, Boytano and Orser. Okay, um, but anyways, yeah, this sort of he he was he could set the stage so well. Yeah. For whatever it was you needed. Yeah, no, to me, it's it's O2, it's Jamie Soleil and David Pelletier and that oh, whole... Oh, I love Jamie contra- Yeah, it turns out she's a hardcore Trumper. Just found that out oh. last week. It's a bit of a bummer. Um, but all these things, and, and like I said, to me, I vaguely remember the London 2012 games as... as but Yeah, not so much. But him... As as now the CTV as opposed to CBC, you know, main host on all those successful nights in Vancouver at 2010, where things in that second week especially started to go incredibly well. And I can remember him throwing to the gold medal hockey game. I can remember him throwing to the closing ceremonies, all these things. And as you say, there's something welcoming. There's something familiar that goes when something big's about to happen in Canadian Olympic sport, it will be Brian Williams who throws you, you know, out to wherever it's happening. So... Uh, tip of the cap to a wonderful career for Brian. Thank, thank you, Brian. Years, unquestionably. Uh, we'll wind this one down here, man. We've covered a lot of ground today. Certainly. That's yeah. what we do here. Yeah, for sure. Before we get out of here, we'll mention, of course, remind everybody that uh, later this week, AJ Jakubek will be on the podcast as we get ready for the Grey Cup, the championship game in the CFL. It's been a fascinating season uh, a shortened season, but no shortage of storylines. Uh, can't believe the uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I guess I can believe it. Uh, came back and snuck by the uh, Toronto Argonauts, and of course, um, man, a nail biter. But the Winnipeg Blue Bombers win the West final uh, against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, setting up a Hamilton and Winnipeg. Man, truly a, uh, a Canadian football championship. A couple of your small markets there, but kind of the heartbeat of the CFL. The Grey Cup will be Hamilton and Winnipeg. Like I said, later on this week, our buddy AJ Jackie back from TSN 1200, the voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks, will be back on the podcast. We look forward to talking to him as well. Um, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Audio, Facebook.com slash Audio. Subscribe wherever you're listening right now. And we will see you all next time. See you! Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app and find us on social media at Tall Can Audio.